Praise the Lord Church family. I am so thankful that I get to write just a simple thought here for you guys today. So what do I get to teach this week? A simple principle for the way God works. This week I'm talking about Matthew 7 7-8. Let's start out by just introducing the scripture, even though I'm fairly certain we could quote most of it by heart. It says, Ask, and it will be given to you, seek, and you will find, knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. So we know from prior study, sermons and commentaries that this verse is talking about us, the people of God, praying. It connects back to the verse in James 4 3 about how we have not because we ask not, more on that in another post maybe, and as our pastor preached on before it's also about three different levels of prayer. We ask on a matter, and then we seek God for the matter, and then we knock on the door of a matter after. Fairly straightforward. But God works in principles and this verse has an application that, at least to the best of my knowledge, hasn't been discussed before. So allow me to ask you a simple question. We know how God wants us to ask for things from Him. How does God work when He wants something from us? It's pretty much a game-changing question for my doubts about His will for my life. It makes it so easy to sift through His thoughts and intentions for us. I repeat the question. How does God work when He wants something from us? He asks, then He seeks, then He knocks. Always in that order, always patiently and gently and with great long-suffering while He waits on us to trust Him in whatever thing He has asked of us to do. God has asked all of us to do things for Him before, whether they were big or small, significant or insignificant in our minds. It can be as simple as, will you tell me how you're really feeling about this problem? Or will you speak faith over this stranger? It can also be as intimidating as, will you trust me with your story? Let's pick that first one to use as an example now. God starts out by just asking us a simple question. Will you tell me how you're really feeling about this problem? It could be while you're going through a hard trial or just a really awful week, but sometimes we just flat out don't want to tell God how we're really doing. We can say it's because we're trying to stay positive, that we're tired of complaining, or it could be because we don't want to seem ungrateful by focusing on this one little thing when look at all the blessings we have around us. But God asks anyway, because He cares and He knows that we are to cast all of our cares on Him, and not necessarily everyone but Him. So God asks us to talk to Him, and then we as His children have two choices. We allow God the room to speak into our lives, and speak to Him in turn, or we decide to reject the opportunity for an honest conversation. So then, God, in His infinite wisdom, begins to seek after the issue in our hearts that is preventing us from obeying His command. He begins to poke and prod at the reasons we seem to be angry or indifferent. It's not that He doesn't know exactly what it is already, but He wants to expose it so that we see what it is. He seeks out those insecurities over the course of days, weeks, or even years. He digs up every excuse and every argument and makes it plain that He will not go away. Just as it says in Romans 11:29, His gifts and His callings are without repentance. You cannot play the part of the stubborn woman with the judge because you cannot change God's mind about the important things. He will keep asking. Just like He kept asking Jonah when He ran from Nineveh. Just like He kept asking Samuel in 1 Samuel 3 to come to Him. And this is just a side note about Samuel's story before I move on, but sometimes the reason He'll keep asking us the same questions is because we don't understand what He's asking the first time. It took Samuel three tries to realize it was God talking to him and sometimes it takes us a minute to sort out whether or not it's our flesh speaking or God. So after God gets done seeking out the deeper issues He decides, it's time. He approaches us once more and knocks. Tap. 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 A steady but firm reminder that there's no hole in the ground where we can hide, and there is no wall so thick to remain behind that God cannot find us. 
Are you ready to tell me how you're really feeling about this problem? He asks. Has his seeking revealed that we are afraid, or angry or indifferent? Has his seeking revealed that we don't feel comfortable getting close, even if we say we trust him? Whatever it is, God wants to have a conversation about it. So we peek out of the cracked door, see Jesus standing there and make a choice. Do we still reject his question or his command? More seeking. More knocking. More pain. More storms. More problems. And still he will keep on patiently asking. If we let him in, what then? Does he immediately rush into the issues or does he gently peel back the layers as we begin to talk? What he does once he's in the house is largely up to us. But once you let him in, God knows that you're ready to work on whatever might be hindering you. And he will stay there as long as it takes. Some people rip the band-aid off right away and have a confrontation. Other people choose to sit and weep, and still others decide to do their best to sit down at the dinner table and talk while they eat. There is no wrong way to deal with the other side of the knocking as long as you've chosen to deal with it. And once God is satisfied that your wounds have been healed enough to handle His question again, He will once more ask the same question. Will you tell me how you're really feeling about the problem? And you say yes. You begin to pour your fragile heart out to a steady father and tell him all the reasons your week has just not gone according to plan, how you're angry with him even if you probably shouldn't be, that you're tired of fighting tooth and nail for every good thing, etc. And then the miraculous happens. God responds not in anger, not in a way that invalidates everything that you have just admitted, not in a way that condemns you. But he responds in love, and in peace and in understanding. Can I tell you something that took me a long time to realize? Especially with callings that feel impossible or something that's going to test your trust in Him to follow through with, God knows exactly how hard what He's asking you to do is going to be. God knows you're going to have some really bad days in pursuit of it. God knows that sometimes what it's going to take is sitting you down and letting you throw a tantrum when it's all just a little too much and you can't take one more thing. God knows that it's going to try every last bit of your humanity and He expects to see the very worst parts of you coming out as He refines you for this purpose. Don't fight the conversations that you have behind closed doors. He is the only one listening and He understands. If God has asked you to do something for Him and you haven't begun to work towards it yet, God is going to keep asking. He is going to keep seeking. He is going to keep knocking. Patiently, but insistently. And if you question that what He's asking you to do is really in His will or if it's just you in the middle of vain imaginations, remember the blueprint that He follows. That question and that calling will not go away. It will gnaw in the pit of your stomach when it gets brought up by a guest preacher or your cousin. It will ache in your heart when you see other people accomplishing what He called you to accomplish. It will just grow and grow and feel inescapable until God knocks on the doors of our hearts again and we have that conversation about how to move forward in whatever it is. What has He been asking you lately? What did He ask you about all those years ago? Ask. Seek. Knock. Why are we waiting? Run to Him now.